Onus Playhouse presents Serene Dominic Gets Played. With your hosts, Serene Dominic and Steve Asetta. Hey, this is Serene Dominic coming to you from my casita in the back of the house. Uh, this is the same place uh, that me and Steve do the Human Torch floor show every Thursday night, live casting on Facebook at 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. Um, it's, it, it's not terribly cold here right now, but uh, if I were to uh, turn off the space heater, uh, it, would turn a, it would turn a balmy 55 degrees, which is this temperature that I, I kept my house in while I was doing a winter-themed album called Winter Trance Party. Uh, Winter Trance Party uh, is the album that we're going to review today. It's the third of eight uh, RPM challenges that I undertook. This one took place in uh, 2012. Um, uh, The RPM challenge, you have to do a whole album from start to finish in the month of February. And uh, I wanted to do this. I don't know why I wanted to do a winter-themed album, and why I'm acting like Mr. Freeze that the, you know, the house has to be a certain temperature. But it it got me into a very morbid, uh, death-obsessed frame of mind. <laughs> so, uh, also the book on Buddy Holly that I was reading at the time um, uh, got me. Uh, I mean, it went into really graphic detail of of the suffering that they went through on the Winter Trance Party. And, uh, you know, the subsequent crash, you know, it's like a minute-by-minute minute retelling of it. It's pretty horrible. Uh, but it's a fascinating book, very well written. Uh, I'll, I'll, post it, I'll post a link to it because I can't think of it, the name of it on the, on, off the top of my head. But anyway, I, did, I wound up doing an album where um, I just, uh, besides writing a morbid children's story that goes with it, I wound up... Uh, uh, just kind of going, doing everything like opposites day, you know, in a bizarro way. Uh, like if, if something was unpleasant, that would actually pursue that idea as opposed to just like, uh, I don't know, I don't think that's, uh, you know, that would be pleasing to people, you know. I mean, when you're making records, for, you know, for yourself, a large part, you, I mean, there's no pressure to do a, a pleasing record, so I don't know why. I always try to do a, a, you know, what I think is maybe a commercial-sounding record with a lot of hit songs. Um, and there are some hit songs here, I think. You know, I mean, I mean that uh, at least sound like they're you know pleasant enough for people. But there's a bunch of songs that I would rarely have ever performed. Although I did perform a bunch uh, when when the Winter Trance Party album came out. So anyway, let's go to Steve's house. Uh, we also do the podcast in a bizarro sort of way. Instead of our usual gin and tonics, we're drinking hot sake. And instead of Nino the dog's uh, scratching on the on the uh, pod during the podcast, you'll hear the sounds of uh, uh, incessant munching of potato chips. I hope it's not too uh, too annoying. Anyway, let's go. Let's go to Steve's, and I'll, I'll meet you on the other side of this. A few words before we play our first selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let me just give you some background. The year is 20... Um, it's 2015. No, after the CD was pressed. Um, it was 2012. And um, I don't know, I was really, really into like um, trying to put together some sort of a winter album, and it got more and more like The Shining. Winter <laughs> album? You were here. In, you were you were here in in Phoenix, where there is no winter. Yeah, I was here in Phoenix. So I'm doing the the, um, the RPM challenge in February. So it's winter, basically. So in order to get inspired, I waited till the house went like I shut the heat off, <laughs> and I waited till the house went to 55 degrees. My house got cold. I got it down to 55 degrees, and that's when I started recording. And all these, because of the the whole tie-in with Winter Dance Party, with I was, you know, I'm a huge 
Buddy Holly fan, and I, I was very, uh, you know, at the time I was reading about his biography, and they went into detail about the winter dance party, which was a complete disaster. I think was it in Wisconsin or Minneapolis? Well, it was going. Or? It went in the yeah. I mean, it, it it went to all these Midwest states, and the 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 bus kept breaking down, and the um, heater it didn't the, work. Yeah, right? and the, the drummer. Um, Carl, I forget what his name is, um, had a foot, uh, it lost a foot due to frostbite. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Donner Party. It's like, so. Holy shit. You know, because I was so obsessed with Buddy Holly. dollars a week. Yeah. And basically, Buddy Holly was doing it because he was suing his manager, Norman Petty, and his royalties were frozen. So, that wasn't all that was frozen. Yeah. And, you know. He had a tour to just, you know, make money because his wife was pregnant. And... But you have it. So, I don't know. There's a lot of morbidity. Is that a word? Morbidity? Yes. Around these songs. Because I, 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 on the album, there's like a pastiche. It's not, it's not morbitude. It's more... You, you, Mor- were, you were correct. Morbidity? Yeah. Wow, well, I've never heard that word used. Morbitude? Morbitude? I don't think that is a word. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, so... I was in a morbid frame of mind, and I figured I had to put together an album in a month, so I decided to make a record that went against every every instinct I have to please people. I went the opposite way. <laughs> like, if I played something wrong, it's kind of like that Eno strategy card thing, you know? If I played something wrong, I played deliberately wrong a couple of times after that, you know, those things like that. And I was trying not to do songs that were sort of Beatley influenced. So I was trying to, trying to tap into fifties, uh, influences. So, well, anyway, so with that being said, I, uh, this first song is called, um, friendly angel. And, uh, it's actually based on that Star Trek episode with Melvin Belli, who you know. <laughs> was it Melvin Belli was in Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, he was Melvin Belli was the, the lawyer in Gimme Shelter. Well, I know who's, who you Melvin know, Belli was. Yeah, yeah, he was a very a famous, sleazy criminal defense attorney. Right, but he also had a role on Star Trek, and he uh, and he and he played this angelic figure, uh, and the children would all like friendly angel, please come, come. And so I wrote a song called Friendly Angel re- re- Revisited, you know, about that episode. And, you know, children facing what it's like to be dead and stuff. It's really morbid. And, I know what it's like to be dead. Yeah. The, uh, Melvin Belli said the most profound thing about the American justice system that I had ever heard when I was a teenager. What's that? They asked him when, they, when you were selecting a jury... Who do you exclude? Mm-hmm. And he said, the intelligent and the educated. <laughs> well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot. Well, he would yeah. like the song because it's neither intelligent or, <laughs> or, or, educable. Or, or educated. Or educated. It's really pretty stupid. All right, here we go. A winter east is ain't much fun I saw this work on TV once Friendly angel, please come, come, come Friendly angel, please come, come, come A friendly angel did appear And he was built just like a chandelier Girl. There is no fun in the netherworld 
That's the template. There's a lot of echo on this record, a lot of reverb, a lot of things going backwards, and uh, you know, going for that, going for that frosty sound, Steve. Okay. But um, yeah, it's certainly not like a toe tapping opening song. For well, that was a toe tapper. Yeah, I, I, but, uh, but I, you know, it's just like uh, yeah. It just, it just, but it's, it, 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 it doesn't go out of its way to please. It sort of gets a little tuneful in the middle of it, but it's really kind of like, at least that's my impression of not trying to please. So now the next cut is the title track. That's right. Win a trans party. So this is, uh, uh, this is sung from the, uh, oh, cause uh, this was also supposed to, there was supposed to be, a, there's a children's story attached to this record. <laughs> I guess I was going to have a children's book. As part of an app that was interactive with the with the record, and then the songs were uh, part of it. So there was like a big bopper song, you know, like you know, the, 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 some of the songs are like in the vein of either Big Bopper, Richie Valens, or Buddy Holly. This was a song about Big Bopper singing to the kids who uh, in the story who who take out a Ouija board and contact him or something at Clear Lake, Iowa, or whatever. They, oh, it was Iowa, yeah. Yeah, where the, the plane crashed. So yeah, this song uh, doesn't really sound like the Big Bopper. There's a couple of Big Bopper references in there, but it, it's I don't know. I was, I think it's I I, I think I was trying to do. A ton oh, of he change. died too, right? In the yeah, in the crash, everybody died. Well, Even but the pilot but, died. Well, yeah, but 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 so it was it was Big Bopper, Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and the pilot. Oh, so it was just two of the big guys and then the pilot. Three of the big guys. Big Bopper. Richie Buddy Valens. Hall- oh, Richie Valens. Yeah. Oh. Who was said to have said, uh, he supposedly won that uh, seat on the plane in a toy toss. With, with. A toy call. With. Coin uh, toss. Toy psh, call. Jesus. No, I'm sorry. We it's only a, had one sucky. Uh, so, so, and this is in the, in, uh, with Waylon Jennings, right? Yeah, Waylon Jennings. Yeah, and Waylon Jennings supposedly said, "I hope your plane goes down." And and Buddy Holly, who wanted him to fly in the plane with him, said, "I hope your bus freezes." And they both uh, got their wish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, poor Waylon. He was felt guilty for that for the rest of his life. You know, just making that little joke. It's like, but it's again, it's you know, it's another uh, attempt to sound glacial. Well, you know, speaking of of, of Herman's Hermits and, <laughs> and, and, and Henry the Eighth, we wait, we were speaking of Herman's Hermits before we and Henry the Eighth and 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 wishes. Um, I knew a guy who, when he was a child, uh, his grandmother had remarried, and she married a British guy, yeah. and apparently he was not a very nice guy, and didn't like children very much, and he had a wooden leg, mm-hmm. and. So, um, and he, and to punish the children, he would sit them down to watch and make them watch the news. I'm not sure if he like wow. clamped their eyelids open like they did <laughs> in like, 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 but, but, uh, but, uh, one night Rich went to bed and he said, I, I, I just laid there and I said, I hope that bastard dies. And Rich is like, single digits you know like six five six seven years old whatever he is and he goes to bed and he goes i hope that bastard dies and he said and the next thing i recall is my father shaking me awake and going rich your grandfather's just died oh. <laughs> and rich said the first thing that came into my mind was oh shit 
Oh, man. <laughs> and it affected him for the rest of his life until he... <laughs> probably, never, probably never wished for anything again. Wow. There <laughs> oh. we go. trying to avoid it there's still beetle tropes there you have like the false well ending. i think that the backstreet boys probably stole this song at some point the backstreet boys yeah because it's it's self-referential then we say winter tanks parties otherwise it's like yeah. the backstreet boys aren't you know oh yeah. you i know? guess so they must I mean, have every 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 
title well, track has to be self-referential. Also, also, but was, I don't know how you rope the Beach Boys into the into the little little rondo yeah. part there, little circular business going. Well, on. yeah, it was like the Beach Boys, but in a cold, cold environment. Which <laughs> never hear. And, you know, even the Christmas album sounds like it was recorded in July. You know, well, it probably was. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I was thinking it sounded like, to me, it was like a Tommy James, one of the psychedelic Tommy James and the Shondells. Well, it songs. sounded better than that. The, the, the harmony part there in the end was a lot better than And those Tommy were um, two people, a guy from uh, oh, really? Sweden called Monopoly, and then a guy uh, called uh, Tim Alexander, who's in a, Wait a minute, you did this with them, or you sampled that? No, no, they, when we were doing the RPM Challenge, they were, um, they were, uh, you know, we sent. You know, we helped each other on track. So like, oh. they sent some there. Oh, they did a nice job. Yeah, they did a nice job on the harmonies on that. And the no ice fishing, no bobsledding. <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, Monopoly. Uh, yeah. So so far, so we you know we, we're keeping it cool. We, we, we're keeping a, a a cool climate. And this is another song recorded at fifty five degrees. Oh, now house. we know the next. Now we know the next song that's a is a favorite of ours. And a favor of the Human Torch. Yeah, crazed shapeshifter. That's like, uh, yeah, it's really not. It's, it kind of has, you know, it, it kind of doesn't really have anything to do with the the whole story of uh, the Winter Trance Party and the little kids. You know, I mean, basically the story. Did I give you? Uh, I get the, the synopsis is these three kids are home for winter. Recess. They don't have anything to do because it's fucking snow all over the place and it's too cold out. So they they play with the Ouija board. Uh, they want to try to contact the notorious B.I.G., but they get the big bopper instead. <laughs> you know, they don't even know that they're in Clear Lake, Iowa, where where the, you know that the famous plane, plane crash, crash happened. They don't have no idea of that you know, of rock culture, but you know the kids become friends. Uh, with the uh, dead rock stars, and they are able to commune, communicate with them. That's the basic concept of the of this uh, concept album. Was that something you would see every 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 fall, like the uh, like the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Or I was thinking, I was <laughs> thinking along those lines that every February you could have this morbid Buddy Holly Big Bopper. They, the kids of, could shuffle a little, yeah, a little cartoon you know, shuffling. My favorite thing was though it was gonna be an app. My favorite thing in the whole thing of the app is it was gonna because like, I, I usually go to sleep listening to things on my phone, you know. So I thought, no, this would be like a good children's story, and you have it on the phone, and it's like one of those Peter Pan records where the slide uh, moves. Yeah, after you beat you beep it, and you, you go to the next slot. You, you don't remember those? Oh, yeah. Uh, you mean a? Uh, uh, they used to have. Wait these... a minute. Wait a minute. They uh, they, they were. Uh... Something master. You mean Viewmaster. The Viewmasters. Well, yeah, but they also had these little records, these little 45s that you played on this turntable that had a little slot for a slide and it had a projector and it was like a TV screen. Wow. And yeah, we uh, never had that advanced technology. You we, had that? We had that. Yeah, that was like early 60s. Well, they could buy, you were a twin, so they could buy one. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't have it. Schools had this Oh, I see. Stuff. But it was like, so that, the idea was like, well, it'd be cool to do something like that, but do it on a phone app. And um, and then, but my favorite thing was it, you you could you could go off, you know, off the, you know, click on it to continue the story. But if you fell asleep and you left it on and you didn't turn the page, you would, uh, you would start, it, 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 every the, the program would just, like the music would just get really eerie. And then... Uh, You'd see all these people trapped under ice, going that is <laughs> in the lake, frozen lake. You know, not necessarily our rock stars, but other dead people. Because this is kind of like a preteen story. Because like preteens love stories about dead people, like the whole goosebumps thing. You know, it's Carnival of Souls. Kind of like Carnival of Souls. <laughs> I that's when I was a kid. That was on the Million Dollar Movie. All the Million Dollar Movie was like. Uh, like one of these syndicated. Yeah, uh, we used to have it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm well, in yeah, the well, tri-state I mean, area. Yeah, in New York, there was a thing on WOR TV. It was called Channel Million, Nine. Channel Nine. It was the Million Dollar Movie. 
they ran this it was like the precursor to HBO they ran the same movie at the same time every night in it for a week and every night for a week I was terrorized by Carnival of Souls yeah uh, it, was, it was pretty eerie huh? you know pretty yeah, eerie. very eerie movie and, and, it caught, and it cost them next to nothing because that's nothing to make. Well, to make and also to, to air on Channel 9. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. In the tri-state area. I'm sure, yeah. It wasn't even that old at that time. It was only a couple of years old, that movie. Because it, it was made in 1960 or something. 60 or 61. But anyway, uh, Crazy Shapeshifter. Uh, this was kind of my version of doing a song like... I, I was thinking like Spooky. You remember the other classics for well, it's a little more frenetic than spooky. Yeah, yeah it's more because it's about a shapeshifter. But uh, I maintain that I wrote I wrote this about a girl who, who, was kind of like changed in the course of our evening together. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, as as you do. So I I used to joke about her being a shapeshifter. After that, you know, <laughs> she went she, yeah, she went from being a. Uh, a, a, a dancer to a, a, a four-tier wedding cake in the course of one evening. I'd follow you through Head up through suggestions Whenever you move It's not water on ice Grace of a panther Valens based on that La Bamba movie? I don't even know if I saw the La Bamba movie. Yeah. Well, you gotta. You gotta I saw he was a Mexican guy that 
it was a rock and roll, had rock and roll hits. Mm. Well, yeah, but um, he was 17. I mean, he was young. I mean, to die that young. 17? Something like that. Yeah. And, um, and it, supposedly the movie makes a big thing about him still being a virgin. So this, I doubt that. You know, uh, <laughs> he was on the road where you have to make a lot of friends, you know. Now look at look at um, Frankie Lyman. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, mean, I know how many how many wives did he have in the end? Well, I mean, how many how many showgirls was he sleeping with when he was thirteen years old? Yeah, whatever the hell it was. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. No, no. Um. Um. Let me see what Richie Valens. Let me. Let me. Let me verify. There's it. another couple of good songs. Uh, what is my favorite? There's some really great teenager songs. Not only juveniles. Like there's another one like that. Uh, I had them all memorized. Okay, maybe it was. Oh, yeah, it was seventeen. He's he was born, 17 when he died? He was born in 41, died in 59. Holy shit. So, yeah. Yeah. So this song is about him, you know, and to uh, his uh, love song to Don. Oh, oh, the, the customary crunchy noises. Yeah. All right, we're going to put some crunchy noises into the, into the podcast. Um, yeah, so this, this is a song um, with some Spanish in it. Um, I think it just has, I actually was originally going to have all Spanish lyrics and I have, I asked a friend to help me with it and she didn't. So I just, the title just was Rezo Peradona, praying for Donna, which we of course know Donna was his big hit. Do you know in the winter trance party, when the winter trance party was taking place, uh, everybody had hits on the chart except Buddy Holly. His records were not doing that well when when this when when the plane crashed died ironically. Oh, then when the plane crashed, he did not have a hit in the top twenty or top forty, I think, at that time. Well, he had what he had O'Donnell, right, and 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 uh, La Bamba. La Bamba. Yeah, well, no, Richie Valens was 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 yeah. As a peak, he had two a double sided hit. No, no, was like, was on, and they had, that. yeah, and come on, let's go. I mean, those songs were, were, That's were a current. Good song. Yeah, no, those songs were current. Um, and it did the big bopper had Chantilly Lace, so he had a recent hit. But Buddy Holly was not having. Wasn't he really old? No, that was um, big bopper. Wasn't he really old? That was actually uh, Bill Haley was really old, right? Yeah. Right, right. He was like. Well, Bill Haley was in his thirties. Thirties. Oh, you're gonna make me look this up, are you? I just thought that it was incongruous that he that he was a teen rock star because a, a great deal was made of his age being like he. Well, he was he was like a Western a swing. He was in a right. Western swing group, but he wasn't a teenager. I mean, he was a right. you know old guy. But, but yeah, Big Bob. Yeah, let me see what let me see what 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 Big Bopper was. But anyway, let's listen to the song while I do my research here. Much more. What is up, Peradona? If I knew what was happening, could have done something to stop it. That's what the king said in a movie about his eyes. But when my story is finally through, and when the black heart takes me for one last view, my
down on my knees And I pray for you, pray for Donna Okay, so what we've learned in the break is that Carl Bunch was the drummer on the, uh, the Winter Dance Party. Uh, he, he suffered frostbite and had to be left behind in Wisconsin. Oh, fuck. While, the, uh, while everybody... With no money. I mean, you know, they just dumped him off at a fucking hospital. Yeah, he rejoined after the plane crash on February 5th. He rejoined the tour. Um, <laughs> well, that must have been a lighthearted Listen bunch. to this. He, okay, so he left music music industry to become a minister and then he would attend buddy holly related events during the 2000s signing autographs as the frostbitten cricket well, that's kind of how he made his money after that yep that and disability <laughs> well i don't know yeah the minister wow well yeah. yep So that was my attempt at doing a Spanish song. I I I failed. I failed to get a a whole song in Spanish. Um, I don't think I I don't sing any Spanish lyrics on that song. I don't either. The idea was Well, you didn't you didn't ask the right people. I didn't ask the right people. I asked some people from Phoenix. I oh, asked, we know people from Phoenix that speak Spanish. Uh, yeah. No, I know, but see, Steve, me and you are from New York. I know. When you ask us to do something, we, we do it or we'll, ah, we'll give you, you know, good point. People in Phoenix <laughs> say, yeah, 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 and then they don't do it. That's they a good point. They don't follow through. Sorry, yeah. Phoenicians. Um, it's just something I discovered. Uh, speaking of Phoenicians, I think he's a. Is, is Andrew Jemsek a natural born Phoenician? I believe he is. Well, anyway, I he played according to Phoenician. What? I believe he's a native Phoenician. He played accordion on that track. Yeah, I, I figured. That's, so that's when we started. I thought working I did together. hear it. Yeah, we started working together on this record. In fact, he really liked this record too, despite me trying to make a record that was meant to please very few people. The kids liked it. <laughs> um, that's why related records issued um, this album. On um on a cassette, they really liked this album. Ryan, the head of the company, really liked this uh, this this uh, CD. Um, I'm not only the head of the company. Oh. I'm also a client. <laughs> <laughs> oh, size, shout out! Shout out to Size Sperling. Shout out to Size Sperling. Everybody's us, gonna wear who their. Who left us in 2020? <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody. <laughs> Is, is is wearing their toupee at half mast? Yeah, <laughs> never call it a toupee. It's a, it's a, it's a. What, what, what was the? Well, that was the gist of the entire um, terrific. Um, yeah, but did that obituary? Have, oh yeah, the, did that the, the Times right? did. Oh yeah. What did they call it? Uh, they call a hair, a hair farm. <laughs> hair farm? No. Let's see. Here he is. Zen Garden, Hair Zen Garden. No, was it? See, 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 see. 
you weren't getting a rug, so I banned the word toupee. Um, where is it? Where is it? Well, it's a hair club process, but that's that 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 denotes something else. What do we call it? Mm. Hair. hair, hairtronics. It's a hair attraction. What is it? It's a hairtronic. No, there are there are a bunch of things afterwards that that were here. Um, Another oh, Restore Inc. and then uh, Extreme Hair Therapy and then X Trans and Biograph. These are all copyrighted. Mm. Hair Club Strand by Strand. What? What? Are they? I don't know. We'll get into that later. But all but, right, but well, yes, they so there's no there are no topes. They, they don't call it a toupee. Yeah, but they don't. They don't. They didn't seem to that, uh, seem to come up with a good synonym for toupee. They don't have one. It's you know hair, you know. They just they're just trying to pass it off as real hair. No, they. But it was called. It was not, it wasn't a weave, but hair. it was a. It was something. It wasn't a weave, but it was um. They called it something else. Now you know. Hair substitution. I worked hair. with a guy. I worked with a guy who's a bass player, in this in this oldies band. And um, I used to see his hair. I mean, he would stand there, and his hair was perfect every evening. And me being not too wise in these matters, I had no idea that it was a rug. Uh -huh. But it was something, it was like a size Sperling deal, because he used to have to go, once a week he, or, or so, he would go and get it washed and styled. Mm. But <laughs> it was something crazy. Once I, once I knew... Um, hair club pro proprietary hair club process wow it's a lot easier to say toupee <laughs> it sure is <laughs> okay <laughs> so so the next song is heartbreaking machine okay alright this is this is my attempt to do a, a big bopper song so it has uh, even though he he, he kind of sang the uh the title track. This is this is a big bopper styled song. It's got sax sampled from one of his records. Um, I think Pink Petticoats or something. And um, and I, I sing it, it. It starts off with a phone. So wait, uh, what was his name? Beside besides Chantilly Lace. He wrote a Running Bear for Johnny Horton. Oh wow! I'm glad he didn't record it. What? Running Bear. Mm. Hello, baby. <laughs> this is the running bear speaking. I loved that song when I was a kid. Oh uh, yeah, running I always bear. loved it. I, I I always thought it was brilliant the way he goes, "You what?" And then he laughs and he and he says, "You know what I like," without having to Ooh. say anything. Yeah. So I mean, so, so he had that one hit aside from Running Bear, which he wrote. Yeah. That was it. He was touring on the strength of just Chantilly Lace. Yeah, that was a huge hit. My, I, mean, I know, no more huge chip, but, but that was it. Yeah, he had like a, uh, maybe one other follow up, and then he died. Which would be what? I don't remember. Maybe it's Pink Petticoats or something. I don't even know that song. Um, well, wow. anyway, I sampled the sax off of Pink Petticoats. I'm pretty sure. And uh, this song is is my uh, my uh, ode to the phone, which I at the time. Was causing me a lot of sorrows. I called it a heartbreaking machine. <laughs> the phone. The phone. People actually spoke on this phone when you were recording this. Well, no, I'm just saying. You know, the Big Bopper's whole thing was singing with a. He would sing with a phone. So I wanted to devise oh, I a didn't song. Know that. I wanted to devise a song that I could sing. Really, had a stage prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! A yeah, giant you ever phone? No, I never saw it. Have you ever seen him perform it on TV? And they called him the Big Bopper because he was a large person. Yeah, he was. He wasn't fat, but he was. He was big boned. He was husky. Husky. And he, and he had and he had, and he had a, a flat giant top. phone. And he had a flat top. He didn't have a giant phone. He had like a regular. Like Stevie Wonder when in the video for I just called to say I love you. Is there a giant phone? In yeah. It? Either either there is in the video or or a person that I was once related to 
saw him on tour, and when the song came out, they handed him this gigantic phone, and he went, I, I just mm. called to say I love you with this giant red phone. Oh, wow. I, I got to look for that. But just to receive I, I, uh Just I, to receive it. I saw, I have a, 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 I was looking the other day on YouTube, as as you do when you fall into these. Uh, yes. YouTube holes. YouTube holes. And uh, so Brenda Lee singing Sweet Nothings. Yeah. And she's singing it on American Bandstand. And there's a giant phone behind her. Just giant cartoon of a phone. It didn't have to be really big because Brenda Lee? Is that what you were saying? Did yeah. you say Brenda Lee? She was a very small person. Yeah, but this, so is, I a imagine giant, the- this <laughs> is a ginormous phone. <laughs> well, it didn't have to be really ginormous because she was really tiny. Yeah. But... It covered the whole width of the TV screen. <laughs> oh, she did. Uh, yeah, because she did. But uh, so so yeah. So this is like I wanted to write a song that I could sing into a phone, and and uh, which I would do at shows. I would sing it into a phone, and then I would put on the actual phone while I was singing it. Uh, I would put, you know, on YouTube. You they also have these like uh, um, strobe light patterns with different colors, you know that. The epileptics really love, you know, because it no, like the first, like the Pokemon movie. Yeah, but you know, it flashes all different colors. So I would set my phone to that, and when I perform it, I would hold it up to my face, so my face would turn all different colors while I was doing it. Like those Christmas tree things <laughs> that you shine on the on the silver things with. The... <laughs> well, I, you know, you know, just you know, it just it would just be like all different colors. I'll I'll give you a demonstration while the song is going on. Um, but yeah, that's so. That's that was the point of this song. <laughs> the phone is a heartbreaking machine because every time he picks it up, his heart breaks a little bit more. Uh. No good comes of it.
so that's like the trance uh, influence, you know, like uh, those little effects at the end of it. Um, what do they call that? Oh, I guess trance music or whatever. That's not house music or trance music. Or well, yeah, trance. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot what what effect I selected from the uh, from the menu. <laughs> I stuck that on the record. But yeah. Um, okay. But next. Now we got Carbon Footprint Man. Oh, okay. So this this is a song I wrote with Ed Masley. Um, Ed Masley. Ed Masley. Uh, I guess this is another song about the plane crash. I was thinking about the pilot. The pilot of the, the the plane. I mean, if you there's a there's one book about Buddy Holly that if you read it, he was an idiot. What? He, he, yeah, he was an idiot. He flew the plane. I don't even think he knew how to fly. Yeah, he didn't. He, he he never flew in that kind of weather. But he was all starstruck, and his his uh, thing, the I don't know what they call it, the this the, 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 the horizon. The horizon. Thing. horizon. It was it was installed upside down or something, or he was looking at. No, it. you you can. That's what happened to John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh. What? Yeah, when you're in a when you can't see, you you don't know where the ground is, mm. and so you and your brain tries to figure that out, and and you have to you have to be able to trust the instruments, but if you don't know how to fly by the instruments, it doesn't work. So I mean, he he didn't know whether he he took off because he thought he could do it and uh, ended up in fog. You ever well, you if you've driven in a blinding snowstorm or a snowstorm when it's coming towards you and you got the lights illuminating, yeah, it doesn't. You don't even know you're traveling forward. Right. So I mean, it's the same kind of effect. Right. But he wasn't instrument rated, and and there was and he shouldn't have flown in a storm. I don't even think he had very many hours in the cockpit. No. No. Yeah, and they go into that the the book. I, I wish I, uh, I'll post on the on the uh, when we post this. I'll I'll put a link to what the the book was. It's a whole book. Yeah, I'll lend it to you. It's, All right, because I mean, because they really... go into real detail about the crash. Like they do like a minute by minute thing of what happened. Well, how do they know? Based on how they found the bodies and everything. Because you know nobody. It wasn't like they were in control. There was no air traffic controller. Right. There was no. Uh, right, but the the people investigating the the crash, you know, they could tell like they dragged, you know, where it, like, uh, like the impact and how yeah, and like how fast the, it was going. The, the pilot was like uh, and Big Bopper was in the front. They were dragged all the way over to like like, you know, the next county, hundred feet. Ah, uh, yeah, it was. They were pretty far away, but they were close to the 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 nose of the plane uh, when it was they were discovered. So anyway. That was the carbon footprint that you referred to in this song. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that would be carbon. But, but yeah. So but. I, I called that was my nickname for the the, the pilot. Um, also has nothing to do with the children's story. More to do with the plane. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with the guy that lost his foot to frostbite, does it? Yeah. No. There's no songs for Carl Bunch, unfortunately. Well, carbon footprint the man. The carbon footprint man. I mean, we got footprint. Yeah, got that's no true. Foot. I mean, he doesn't have a footprint there, but. Okay, hang on, buddy. Okay, now, yeah, the Wikipedia thing said didn't say that he lost his foot. It said he had frostbite, but I read that he was he lost a foot, a toe or something. Well, losing a toe is not losing your foot unless you lose your big toe. Yeah. In which case, you walk like a crab or something like that. So, <laughs> really, I mean, you can't walk with your big toe. If you lose your big toe, that then your your gait is affected. So you, you could just topple over completely. No, exactly. But but something like that. I've seen your merchandise, I know what's in store No trail of broken hearts could lead you to my door I'm finished feeling, and I won't be failed You can keep your house of cards, my hands already dealt You, I know, Savior in the sand. 
until you get around But you've never seen a ghost whose chains don't make a sound Got your baggage and you got your little trip. I won't be going down with the relationship. No contact, no impact. I know call me for breakfast. I'll be intact. Uh, side one of Winter Trance Party, eh, a pretty pleasant album. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's as weird as I thought. I mean, it, 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 it does, it does seem to have a psychedelic tinge to all of the songs. That's, I think, what I was going for. But I was trying to combine it with a winter, uh, a winter sound. So I mean, we get some chilling, chilling sounds, um, and uh, you know, a lot of psychedelic tropes like backwards things so uh i think it, it succeeds um you know like I, I i think um another one of the uh, uh so i mean this this record is kind of uh sort of informed by joe meek and you know buddy holly and all you know the 50s rock stars but also their satanic majesty's request <laughs> that's a couple uh although i think uh, you know because uh, if you, uh, there's some parts of that that album that uh, just go off the deep end, and it's just like, what happened? What happened to the, you know, where's where's Mother's Little Helper? You know, where's the, where's the where's the poppy stones? Where's the hard rocking stones? You know, and they just seem to disappear. And songs like Gomper. So I think I was trying to do do something that was totally uh, 180 degrees from what I was doing. Well, no, I would be 360 degrees. Or 180. 360 degrees does not turn you around to work exactly where you are. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I hope all you are staying well and warm in uh, this, the first podcast of 2021. We're working on um, Dark Lullaby and uh, doing the Human Torch uh, floor show every live casting every uh, Thursday at 8.30 Mountain Standard Time on Facebook, so we're giving you lots of reasons to stay home. So, hopefully, uh, stay in, stay, stay safe, and uh, hope we can be together soon. Thank you. Uh, this is Serene Dominic saying have a good night. And see you for part two of Serene Do- Onus Playhouse. Serene Dominic gets played Winter Transport. Party.